Hello, and welcome to Carried Away. I'm your host, Carrie Murray. As the founder of the Bra Network, the Business Relationship Alliance, I have met some of the most inspiring women working as entrepreneurs, freelancers, founders, executives, and creatives, and I want to share their stories with you. So let's get carried away. Hey, listener, it's season two of Get Carried Away, and I'm your host, Carrie Murray. Get Carried Away is a podcast that features female founders, thought leaders, and disruptors. And to kick off season two, I have Heather Rader as my guest. Heather is a high-energy corporate executive turned wine entrepreneur. She is the founder of Spirit Horse Vineyards. And we are going to talk today about how wine can be used as a catalyst to bridge your community and bring people together. Ooh, and wine is one of my favorite topics. So let's get carried away. Um, welcome. I have a fabulous new guest uh, today on Get Carried Away. I'm so excited because the lovely Heather will be my first guest, who is the owner and founder of a wine company. And you, everyone knows how much I love wine. I drank the rosé last night. It was delicious. I have to say, I am very impressed. Um, welcome, Heather. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Yay. I'm excited to have you. She's also a member of the Bra Network, probably one of her best decisions she's made this year. Absolutely. One of the best decisions I made, particularly during a pandemic. Yes. Yes. Very, very hard. So really quick, before we dive deep into your topic today, which is three ways to transition from corporate world to your dream career, because that's exactly what Heather did. I want to first hear about your journey to Spirit Horse Vineyards? Because I'm sure 10-year-old Heather did not say, I'm going to own my own vineyard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, something close. I do have a very poignant memory of being uh, 12 years old at a slumber party. Um, I grew up in Southern Oregon in a little town named Ashland. And I will never forget, our little faces were all in the center of the circle. And it was late at night and we were gossiping. And someone asked the question, let's go around and say what we want to do and what we want to be, um, you know, when we get older. And started at the other side of the circle, and everyone went around, and everyone said the exact same thing. It was like, I think the big difference was between 22 and 23, I want to get married and have, was between one to three or four kids, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, but I, in my 12-year-old brain, I was like, really? Like, is that all? <laughs> So I remember it getting to me and I remember saying, well, I can't wait to move to San Francisco and buy like a beautiful condo on the water. And then I said, and then, then I might get married and I might have kids. Um, but in my twenties, like, I don't think I'm going to get married and have kids right away. I said, I, I, I want to buy this beautiful condo on the water. That was my 12 year old girl's dream. So, um, that now, was had probably, you traveled to San Francisco? How did you, why did you pick San Francisco as that? City? Never even been to San Francisco at that, at that point. <laughs> So you just watched Full House, like all I of must us. Have, it must have been Full House. It must have been whatever it was. But 12-year-old Heather thought that was the bee's knees, and that's what was going to happen. And I actually did make that happen um, in, my, in my late 20s when I lived in San Francisco. So that was, uh, but that was a moment I realized I was maybe a little bit different than the other girls. <laughs> yeah. I'm, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I'll be curious to know of all those girls, I wonder how many of them did get married and have children in their 20s, probably some of them. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, and isn't yeah. Ashland, Oregon, where the Shakespeare festival is? It is. Yes. Oh, uh, I grew up working the Shakespeare festival. 
we used to love working with Shakespeare festivals in the summers and they would um, bust in the truckloads of cute boys. So it was like, you know, fresh, fresh delivery every summer. We loved it. Right. So, yeah. And you know, like all the boy actors are, they're non-threatening. They don't oh, know if they're yeah. gay. They're like, I like drama, but I'm not sure. So they're really oh, approachable. Fabulous. Fabulous. It was a great experience growing up for sure. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> So when I'm dying to know, when did you live in San Francisco? I want to see if I live there the same year. Yes. So I moved to San Francisco in 1999. I quit the, I used to work for the National Football League in New York and um, moved there to, from there to San Francisco. And then, yeah, I moved, gosh, I was there for almost 20 years. Oh, wow. When so were you there? 1999 was the year I left to LA. Ah, <laughs> so we just crazy. We pa- we pop past each other uh, in the night. Well, everything in life is timing and lighting, right? A hundred percent, including this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that. Okay, so let's back up. So after twelve year old Heather was just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and have my fabulous condo on yeah. the wharf in San Francisco. Um, you grow up, go to college. You went to University of Oregon. I did. Uh, I did. I was. Business. Um, one of the first women to graduate out of the uh, sports marketing program there. So nice. Uh, yeah. When they, it was, of course, this dates me, but this was back when they first um, put that whole program together. Um, and I was one of um, just a few women that were in that program, you know, at its, at its inception. And, mm-hmm. you know, everyone said, wow, you, you, what foresight that you, you know, chose sports marketing, you know, you know, it's such a great niche. And we've obviously got Nike up here in, in Oregon and, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, uh, Adidas is headquartered here. All the major sports brands are headquartered here. Well, and the truth was that's where all the cute boys were. So, you know, I, uh, and now I, they're I, in I, shape. I thought if I had to sit through a long lecture, I might as well have some, some cute guys to look at. So that was my right. super, super strategic, um, decision-making, um, in college. Um, but it did really work out for me. I, uh, I got a position at the national football league, um, under the VP of marketing for the NFL, um, right out of college there. And that's when I moved to New York and had never been to New York, just went with my mom down to uh, the travel agency. Also, you remember these days where I oh. bought a paper one-way ticket. And uh, that was my first time ever going to New York. I had never ridden the subway. I That's how I figured it all out. <laughs> that's incredible. And then how long did you work for the NFL? So you were in marketing for the NFL. Correct. I worked in the sponsorships division. Um, at the time, Budweiser was a big sponsor. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, I was there for about three years. Um, and, uh, you know, you don't make a, a dazzling amount of money, um, uh, working in sports marketing in general. <laughs> um, so I quickly, you know, realized, Hey, this is something I can, um, you know, use as a stepping stone to, you know, other, you know, another career, um, that's meaningful for me. So. Um, I did do that. Um, it was a great experience. I, I loved living in New York at that age. Um, but, you know, then it was time to, to come back to the West Side and uh, the West Coast and um, gotten involved in tech at that point. So, Okay. And then, so you had your full house moment. Then you yeah. had your friend's moment of being yeah. in New York. Totally. Now you're in, and we call it, anybody who's from San Francisco, like myself, we call it the city. Don't ever call it Frisco. Please, and- please don't call it Frisco. <laughs> But even in LA, I'm like, oh, are you guys headed to the city? <laughs> They're like, where? <laughs> but anyway, so of course, San Francisco is a big tech industry right here in Silicon Valley. Um, and then what did you do next now that you're in San Francisco? Yeah, I, um, you know, I think working in sports marketing, I 
I remember calling my mom and I was like, mom, I feel like Melanie Griffith and working girl. I was like, it's like all the men in the cu- in the cubicles on the right and all the women, you know, in the offices on the right, all the women in the cubicles on the left. And I thought, wow, this is, you know, I have a degree in business and yeah, interesting. Um, and then I got into tech and, it, you know, there's definitely a lot of the same, same things there, but yes, I, um, uh, worked for a fortune 500 company there, um, and was there for about 10 years was head of sales. Um, I ran a hundred million dollar portfolio at its peak, um, was great on paper. I was making great money, um, living out of hotels and I was just completely unfulfilled. And I just was really? not, this is just not fulfilling to me. And I was really burnt out. Um, so I dumped my boyfriend at the time. I quit my job and I went and traveled, um, did a little walkabout over in Europe for about six or seven months, nice. um, which is where I, you know, really dug deep and thought about what I want to do with my life. And, um, I knew I wanted to do something for myself, um, where I wasn't handing, you know, 25% of my life's time, um, in the form of money over to someone else. Yeah. Um, and I also knew I wanted to give back and I wanted to be part of a part of a larger community. Um, so that's really where Spirit Horse was born. Um, I knew someone that made beautiful wine in Napa, um, whom I hadn't spoken to, you know, for probably six or seven years. We just lost touch. And as the universe goes, I put that energy out in the universe. And um, he reached out to me and said, do you want to start uh, a winery? Um, he said, I make beautiful wine, but I know nothing about marketing and Selling websites it. and mm-hmm. all the things that you do so well. Um and do you want to go in 50-50? And he said, you can buy me out in about, you know, three to five years. Great. So that's exactly what we did. We put the plan together um, and I actually bought him out a couple of years ago. So we are now a 100% woman-owned winery. Wow. And in your experience, are there a lot of female-owned wineries? Yes, that was a, the, the, one of the major disconnects. So um, 3% of wineries are owned by women just like wow. a crazy statistic and only 10% of winemakers are women. Um, on the flip side, about 80% of wine buyers are women. So, um, you know, you have this huge disconnect of, um, for lack of a better term, old white guys mm-hmm. selling wine to mostly women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really felt that as the consumer on the other side, right. Where I was like a lot of the feminine values, I think that we have about community and giving back and all of those things. I just, it wasn't like that. It was very transactional, very masculine. You get your club shipment every quarter. You're going to take what I tell you you're going to take as far as the allocation. And I didn't know who owned the winery. I didn't know the other club members. There was no giving back element. Um, So as they say in life, when you don't like something, then go out and create it yourself. So that's what I did. I love that. I love that. And okay. So now you're like, all right, I'm going to going to, what did mom say when you said, I found it, mom, I'm going to, going to own a winery. Uh, well, my mother and my dad have known me. I mean, this is definitely my part of my spirit. I'm a very free spirit. Um, it's actually part of the reason we named the winery spirit horses after that movie Seabiscuit. So I'm very free and spirited. And, um, I go, um, when my dad first got me on skis at four years old, I was, you know, there with my sister who was two years older and she started doing the snow plow, you know, curving around oh, the yeah. corners Pizza. real super slow. Mm-hmm. And I just was like straight down the hill <laughs> over the top, out of my dad's sight, you know, and he's just screaming after me, slow down, um, which is a family joke now because, you know, my husband would probably say the same thing about me too, but they know me. And, um, you know, I, I truly believe in myself. That's something that I was, was raised to do. And I'm very grateful 
that I was raised um, from both a dad and a mom that really instilled that in me. So um, yeah, I just went for it and they were super supportive. That's so, so great. All right. So now you're in a business spirit and you're coming up with a name and the marketing behind it. Um, how long from like when you told your business partner, let's do this to launch, did you take, how long did that transition take? Well, the beauty is, and this is, you know, part of one of my tips too, is I found someone that was already successfully doing what I was doing right in the business. So, I mean, you know, starting a winery, I think people envision you sipping rosé in a a vineyard and that's like your life every day. I mean, I wish that were my life every day, but um, no, I mean, it's really, it's hard work. At the end of the day, we're farmers. We're reliable on the weather, on the land. Um, And, uh, but that's also what makes wine so beautiful, right? If you get a beautiful vintage, the weather was just right that year. um, You know, really enjoy that wine. You know, that's, it's a, it's a special, unique thing. So um, there's definitely a lot of challenges um, you know, that I, that I faced, um, sure. but, you know, it's like anything in life, right? you got to figure it out as you go. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's, I think an example of your resiliencies and, and your ability to just plow down the hill, like you did first time you were on skis, that, yeah. there's nothing really going to get in your way. Yeah. Um, I love that. Now, when you, what advice, and we were, I know you mentioned one, but what advice would you give someone who's also feeling that yucky stuck in the muck of corporate. They think they're supposed to do this, which so many women stay in so much longer than they need to. The fact that you left after three years in New York and what, what, 10 years in San Francisco, Mm -hmm. 20 years, um, and then just made the leap. What, what advice would you give to those women who are feeling meh right now? Well, certainly I think, um, doing a lot of, uh, inner work is important. I think it's important for all of us. I think it's a journey, not a destination, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Getting in tune with what, you know, what are your values? What does make you happy? Um, You know, um, I think that's the first part of it that that for me was really important to do. Um, uh, Which again, I think a lot of us lead such crazy busy lives and it's just hard to kind of take a step back and take a zoom out and say like, is this like, where's this going? And is this something that's fulfilling to me? Um, so certainly doing the self work and the inner work is really important. Um, the second is finding um, a coach that's within your coach or mentor. And I, and I don't say that as just one coach or mentor, um, find a community that is, um, of entrepreneurs, um, like broad network is an amazing example of that. Um, Mm -hmm. that I just, you, you walk the walk with bra, right? Oh, thank you. Really amazing. Oh, I just love everything that bra is about. But, you know, finding those types of communities where there's other female entrepreneurs like you that you can um, bounce things off of. And, um, you know, when you have a hard day, (laughs) you can talk to. And that is so key and so important. Um, And then again, you know, if you're switching industries completely, find multiple mentors within that industry that you admire. Um, And, you know, that's to me, that's one of the biggest keys. Um, and the last is, I think, you know, in some ways, you've got to kind of burn your bridges behind you, right? Like, make it like, I, I'm not going to go back to this, like, execute your plan. I literally wrote out 10 years ahead where I wanted to be. And then I literally reverse engineered it. What needs to happen in the next nice. six months, year, two years, right? Mm-hmm. And I set all these meaningful milestones. Um, and that helped make it less scary, too, because I was like, okay, I know I can count on myself. I have the right mentors and coaches. I have the right community. 
Um, obviously, I had good financial one. planning around it, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't just, you know, drop everything and, you know, pray that money would come, you know, falling from the sky, especially owning a winery that's, you know, doesn't happen that way. Um, so yeah, I worked out all the financials and then I reverse engineered it. And again, I just found the right coaches, the right mentors and the right community. Um, and ultimately I just really believed in myself. And I think that's just such that's a key huge. part. Yeah, it yeah. really is. And I think a lot of women get stopped, um, to, to making that leap because they don't have the confidence. They don't have the, I know when I first made the leap, I was like, okay, I built it where's everybody at? Right. Right. <laughs> but it is, it wasn't until I worked with a coach, uh, especially with branding and uh, messaging and marketing that I was able to like ask the uncomfortable questions and get right. the business clarity. And you really do need a mirror, right? You need someone who's not just going to say, yes, you're amazing. Well, Whatever you need you to do is amazing. That, that's exactly right. You also need to be very self-aware of what you do not know, right? If you love numbers and crunching numbers is your jam. Awesome right? You, you know, you can do your own books and, and do your thing. But if that's not your thing, do not think you're suddenly going to get that figured out. And that's not going to become a problem later. Again, surround yourself with people where, where the holes are, right? Know what your weaknesses are and make sure you have a team around you that fills those holes. Yeah, for sure. I think that's great advice. I know for me, it's, it's QuickBooks and uh, payroll. Like that I was a love? teacher that, that I was horrible at. <laughs> Like I was a yeah, teacher. I, like, I was like, mm, I think this is probably what you're saying that you did not yeah. like. That's pretty typical. And I'm yeah. in the same boat as you. So I hear you loud and clear. Yeah. So I was the first person I hired on Team Bra was someone to do bookkeeping. Love that. I was like, um, because it would take me three times as long as it would take her to just like beep, 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 dink, done. Here's your payroll, all the things. Um, it's crazy. Now back to the name, because I'm loving the name. You said you were inspired by the movie Seabiscuit. Mm -hmm. starring Tobey Maguire. Yeah. True story. Great movie. Great um, movie. How did that evolve? Because I guess Seabiscuit Wines didn't quite make it. No, no. I, um, I've i always had this, you know, go-getter personality and I'm very free-spirited and I don't like rules per se. And I, I like to just like go for things and have fun and just surround myself with this amazing community. And I went and saw that movie in the, when it was in the theaters. I'm sure the younger <laughs> people in here are like, oh, that was, yes, it was actually in movie theaters. I mm -hmm. it really did happen. Um, and I remember walking out of the theater with my boyfriend at the time and he said, you know, you remind me of Seabiscuit. And I was like, where, where is this guy going? This better be good. And he said, no, you're spirited and you're wild and you're free and you like to win. And you just got this amazing energy. And I was like, wow. I was like, oh, tell me more. So, you know, I was really, really loving that. And he called me Biscuit for short. And I thought, you know, all the women that I choose to surround myself with are biscuits. They all have that same energy. I think it's broad network energy. All the women wow. in the broad network I've met have that biscuity energy, so to speak. Um, so yeah, I couldn't name it Biscuit Winery. People would be like, what the hell has this <laughs> right. lady doing? Um, so yes, we named it Spirit Horse. And I really did want to have a giving back element. So that's how we, um, you know, wove in. Um, the rescue horse ranch and the um, helping the girls out at the, at, with the camps. Yeah. So tell us more about that. How do you, how do you rescue, like what happens with the horses and the girls? You yeah. You just kind of so, slid that in, but that's a really important part of your brand. It is. It's super magical. Um, so yeah, I, again, one of my biggest disappointments, I guess you could say, and all the wine clubs I belong to, I was like, there's no 
I didn't, I didn't, again, there was no community aspect. I didn't know anyone else, in the, you know, from the club. I didn't know the owners. There was no giving back at all. And for me, and I think particularly more now, even more so now after the pandemic is I personally have always wanted to align my dollars, which I call my votes um, with, with brands, you know, small women owned, um, anything to do with animals. I'm a huge animal lover. Um, and I'm really passionate about mentoring women and girls. Um, and showing them, um, you know, a path forward and helping them thrive. Um, I was a big sister growing up. Um, we come from a family that gives back. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's just something I've always been super passionate about. Um, even when I was in corporate, I used to take the women out on my team and I would teach them how to ask, ask me for a raise over a glass of wine. Love and then the next that. day I would make them come in and ask me for a raise for real. Cause that's how you learn. <laughs> That's absolutely. So you're, um, you're, you're such a champion for women. I love that. For sure. For sure. Well, and I think one of our biggest challenges as women, and especially, you know, we're talking about, you know, the three things when you think about transitioning um, your business um, is knowing your worth, right? So um, whether you're working for, sure. for someone else, knowing what, you know, your salary, what you're, what you should be paid um, and knowing your worth, or if you're a product-based business that you're starting, right? Like price it appropriately. And I think as women, we tend to undervalue ourselves. Um, and that's something that I had to learn the hard way. Um, when I was in corporate, I found out I was making like a third of a male counterpart who is Ooh. a third of a performer that I was and like straight up numbers. Like I was the top wow. performer on the team by far. And that was a, that was a learning lesson for me. And sure enough, when I finally went in and asked for that amount on my desk it was on my desk the next day and that was like a hard lesson because I was like wow I think of all the years that have passed that I've missed out on that salary I could have been getting paid this I just wasn't asking mm-hmm. um so you know um that's really really important and for sure and you know I really wanted to pass that on to the uh, to women at a younger age so they don't have to waste the first 10 years of their career not getting paid what they're worth um so we have a rescue horse ranch called the Spirit Horse Riding Center. It's in Napa, California. It's a super magical place. Most people, when they get there, might shed a tear or two of not sadness. It's a total overwhelm um, because it's, I mean, we've got horses and kids and wine. I mean, does it get better than that? It doesn't. We even have a white horse. We dress him up as a unicorn and the girls <laughs> take pictures with him. And yeah. I don't really know. We, we say it's for the kids, but let's face it. It's for us. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be there. I'd be there posing with my garland headband. Yeah. Although the horse hates to see me coming because he's like, oh my God, here comes the costume lady. She's going to make me wear the stupid unicorn horn. But, uh, but no, we have a really good time with it and um, we rescue horses. So for example, we have a rosé called the racehorse rosé um, and that's named after Hobie who uh, was a racehorse. Um, if you know anything about horse racing, they're typically put down, um, yeah. you know, if they break their leg or they're, they're put down. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hobie was saved from that and he was brought to our ranch and he is one of the favorite horses of our girls. He's brown with little white spots and Aww. he is just living out his life's purpose. He is not meant to be a racehorse, Hobie. He was, he's meant to be a therapy horse. So, oh, that's um, so great. Yeah. And then we partner with the Napa Valley foster care system. Um, we take abused girls out of the foster care system and we put them on an eight week leadership and empowerment program on our horses. So you take these girls who come from, you know, abusive situations, they lack worth, they lack confidence. And at the end of the program, they're leading, proudly leading this 2000 pound animal 
around yeah. the arena. And it's just like a really amazing transformation to see. Right. Um, and it's great for our club members because it's something tangible that they can see that, you know what, drinking beautiful wine and doing good in the world don't have to be exclusive of each other, right? I can build yeah. with my dollars and enjoy beautiful wine, but I can also give back to something that really aligns with my values. Yeah, I, I love that. That's a big, important component at Bra as well is the yeah. the aspect of giving back and, and being a, involved in your community more than just a consumer, but also a contributor. That's right. Um, I, it's so, and I can't even imagine, it's, I imagine it's a very emotional experience to see these girls at the end of the program, walking these horses around so proudly because it would take a lot of trust. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's right. And a lot of patience for them to get that. And they're probably not exposed to anything like this. No, um, no, to being you guys. not at all. And there's something about, you know, and not just horses, but, you know, animals in general, animals, but horses in yeah. particular. Um, mm-hmm. We work with a lot of autistic children as well. There's just a way that they connect that's, um, that's you know, completely nonverbal, obviously. And, um, you know, for them, it's their escape, you know, um, yeah. and again, but a place where they're surrounded by our club members. A lot of our club members come to volunteer at the ranch. They're hor- they, they love horses too. And that's their happy time. You know, they're like, I can't believe I belong to a wine club where I get to go like play with like kids and horses every week. And that's cool. Know, and was and that like, always important to you to have that kind of giving back strategy within your business? Did you start that way or did that come later? No, I started that way. Um, and you know, my first mistake I would say though, is I just wanted to give everything away. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like You just, you want to give back so much, you know, but then again, a key learning, it's like, okay, if you're living out of a cardboard box and not making any money on your business, you're not going to be able to help people. Like, Correct. you know, that's yeah. just the way it is. So, um, you know, fill your cup first, make sure that the business is in a, a in a thriving place itself so that it can support more of whatever cause it is that you love and care about. Um, so that was, um, yes, always, always something from the beginning that I wanted to do and, and it's expanded and it's, it's been awesome. That's, you know, and so many um, businesses when they're starting out really find the idea of creating a social impact strategy within their business or a giving back campaign as like, I can't do that. I'm, I'm barely paying myself. I'm par- barely you know, what advice would you gear, give to someone to eliminate that fear of creating that social impact strategy doesn't mean you have to starve? No, absolutely not. And I think, um, you know, for me, it was like, people want to give into that. If people are buying, if people are in my wine club, they're obviously aligned with those values already, right? They, they, they also want to help, you know, horses, they want to help kids, they want to help the next generation. Um, so, you know, I wrapped it into part of, you know, our events, right? And it was like, hey, you know, um, you can donate, obviously, at the events and to the ranch. We had some of our members, again, volunteer themselves, um, which again, that's money, right, is your time. So um, having, and that's also for them a very tangible way, again, to say, this is what I'm giving back to, right? Like my wine club, like this is meaningful. so really rope in your community right around it. And what do they want to see? And what's, what feels impactful to them? Um, you know, do a survey monkey, right? Yeah. And see what, you know, would, would be meaningful for them. And what um, aligns with them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think also, I think consumerism in the last, you know, five to 10 years, we're very aware of where our money's going now. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, we're looking for more sustainable options. We're looking for more eco-friendly 
more like locally sourced or owned, right. uh, more supporting small businesses um, sure. to keep the economy flowing, especially during the pandemic when things were just, we didn't know what was happening. Right. Um, so the more you can support someone small, especially during a time of need, the impact is, I mean, Jeff Bezos has enough money, everyone. So oh, for sure, <laughs> like, for sure. And I don't need anymore. Yeah. I'm like Trader Joe's is not closing down anytime soon. Like, no. you know, buy, you know, if you're buying wine anyway, you know, and we have wine at all price points, right? Our rosé, you know, for club members is $16 a bottle. I mean, that's what you're paying. That's Trader Joe's. And Oh, yeah. by the way, guess all the, look at all the amazing things it does. So yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And we'll definitely put in the show notes, um, the link to, to membership. I'm a member. I love being a club member. I think um, when I get my box of wine, I'm always like, ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it, to me, I, I prefer to spend my dollars towards something that has a social impact strategy. Sure. That is not fast fashion. You know, I don't need the $5 t-shirt that I'm going to wear for three months. I'd rather spend it on the small business owner. It's a $30 t-shirt, but I know I'm going to have that t-shirt for two years you know, or longer than that. Cause it's just made better, better quality. And your wine is actually very, very good for yes. I don't know if you call yourself boutique. We are boutique. Yeah, it is. It is really, really good. Um, yeah. A lot of people think you can just pop on down to Bevmo and get our wine. And that's, that's <laughs> not the case. Yeah. You, no. um, we are only 1500 cases a year production, which is very small, very boutique. Um, and, um, that's how we want to remain. You know, we want to have our wines fully allocated to club members. Um, and you know, that's, um, important to us because that's part of the community aspect. Um, when you join our wine club, you, you do make new friends, right. Um, that are aligned with similar values. And, um, I'm so excited for our harvest party this September because we were obviously supposed to have a lovely one to, we were going to call it the roaring twenties starlight harvest dinner. It was going to be at the rescue horse ranch mm. and dress up. We're still having it this September, but we have two years now to make up for it. So yeah. it's be roaring 20s. Last year was a roaring pandemic. So I don't think that was really the theme that we were going for. So we're going to like double, double push this year, have an amazing event um, at the horse ranch. Um, and moments like that are so special for me because, you know, everyone gets to make, you get to make new friends and a lot of people have met virtually that are, that have become pandemic friends, so to speak, where they haven't actually raised the glass together in real life yet. So a lot of those friendships um, are going to, you know, culminate where they get to actually meet each other for the first time uh, at the horse ranch this September. I love that. That is another cool thing about being a member. You can come ride anytime at the horse ranch. Um, And then we do virtual events that are complimentary with your membership as well. So that's great. Now, when is the, um, the harvest event? Uh, September 18th. Gotcha. Okay. And so I also, also put that in the show notes too. So people yes. Can... Yes. And we'd love to have, we'd love to do a bra event as well. Oh um, yes. I'm yes. already thinking like I, you haven't been to women on the rise yet and that's October 6th, but I'm sitting here thinking, why is Heather not my wine vendor? <laughs> why am I not your wine vendor? We <laughs> so let's, let's do that. And we always serve rosé because it's just, it's 11 when we start and we're like, we should probably start with a rosé. Oh yes. Yes. We can do the rosé. And we also have another wine called the goddess reserve Albarino. It's a Spanish varietal. Um, that. that's a favorite of our members and it's a lovely white. Um, I love that yeah. one. You had that in the, the tasting kit you gave me. I did. And that was great. She just came out with some new bubbles as well. So um, Ooh, bubbles are always good. No, no matter yeah. what bubbles are like, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay. The weather doesn't matter anything. Um, now tell me if anyone's listening, who's like, 
grappling with the idea of starting their own wine company, starting their own tasting room? What, what would you say to her to like really hone in on first? Well, I think first again is, you know, make your plan. I think people just get Mm -hmm. overwhelmed and they're like, Oh my God, it's like starting winery. It's like, that just feels so overwhelming. Again, the first step is, you know, where do you want to be in 10 years and then reverse engineer it? Yeah. Um, that is the first step. Um, and, and in parallel to that, again, talk to everyone you can network, network, network. And I hate that term network. I wish there was a term for me too. I also don't like the coach. Level. Yeah. The word coach yeah. and network just seems very masculine. Yes. I feel like we need something a little bit more feminine. I, I completely we'll, we'll figure that out. Let's add that to our list. of. Okay. Like, we'll, we'll have to come up with that. Yeah. Um, but we're going to move on that. Find your tribe, right? And find, um, again, find communities like Bra or, you know, um, Six Degrees is a great one. Also great one. Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but find communities of other entrepreneurs that you can lean on. Um, also, a lot of times you'll find great expertise, again, that you don't have. Um, if you hate QuickBooks, you're not going to suddenly love it. I promise you the day you start your business, you're going to hate it that much more. And you're going to mm-hmm. kick yourself for every day that goes by that you didn't hire someone to just do it for you. So... <sighs> Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you will have wasted a lot of time, a lot of time and, and frustration. That's so much money and yeah. leverage yourself to do what you do best. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, such great advice. That was such a great nugget. Um, that is awesome. Now, before we wrap up, I want to know where we can buy wine, obviously where we can follow you and um, how we can support the girls and the horses. Tell us yeah. all the places where we can find you. For sure. So um, you can always buy one online at spirithorsevineyards.com. We've got a great events tab there. So um, uh, you can sign up for virtual events there. Um, and now that things are opening up again, up with the pandemic, obviously, again, we have, um, you know, Harvest Party. We're having an um, uh, event in LA, I think, with Bra in July. July 17th. Um, so look at, and we have a one called Uncovering the Secrets of Rosé. Um, with a gal who runs a company called Sunday School Wine. That's going to be completely virtual. So if you live yeah. in, you know, Kansas or Nebraska or somewhere that's not, you know, near near any of these events, um, we'd love for members to join um, those virtual events as well. Um, and obviously you can shop wine there. Um, I did put a code together for your members. It's carried away. Um, and that is um, $15 off any orders of $100 or more. Um, Hey, thank you. Basically. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much. And shipping is hard, you know, packaging, shipping, a lot of small businesses get bogged down by shipping. It's really annoying. Actually, Uh, you would think the government would figure this out already. (laughs) State state by state alcohol shipping is a whole, a whole other beast. Yes. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) But we do ship anywhere in the domestic U S so. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. That's very cool. Okay. So always my last questions is we got to get carried away. Um, first off, we're in the pandemic besides drinking a boatload of delicious wine. Yeah. How did you keep yourself busy? Were you baking pot, you, you know, listening to podcasts Were you one of those people like sewing things? What did you do during this time? Oh God, I wish I could. sew. I can't even sew on a button. That's definitely not my, <laughs> not my jam. <laughs> um, I love to cook. So, um, I was cooking a lot. Um, my husband's Italian and, um, he's very, very, very particular about his Italian dishes. So I did work on my homemade pasta and um, nice. maybe, maybe I put on a few pounds, but you know, it's all good. We all did. I had a great, yeah. we had a great time. <laughs> now it's time to, he had to, he had to leave for, he works in pro tennis. He had to leave for Paris for work this morning. And we were cracking up because he was like, 
He's he's never gained weight before. He's one of those just naturally thin people. Must be nice. Wow, what's that like? like? Oh, I, like <laughs> none of my clothes fit. He's like, what am I gonna wear to the French Open? And I'm like, oh, I was like, <laughs> but it is like this new conundrum, right? And it's like, <laughs> like oh, it's like welcome to my world. He's like, none of my stuff fits. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm like, you'll probably be this in the same boat as everybody else there, you know? I mean, probably. Everyone's been through the I'm same. Sure, there's thing. a pro shop. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure there's a shop. Sure. Just wear your clothes the whole time. It's all good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, <laughs> let's say I showed up tomorrow with a ticket for you to go to anywhere in the world. What places do you get carried away about? Oh my gosh, I love, love, love to travel. Um, my husband, because he works in pro tennis, I work in wine. We actually um, lead trips in Italy and through Tuscany. Um, my husband's father was a pro tennis player. He won the Italian Open three times. So, um, wow! We trip there, yeah, we got married there in Tuscany. We have family there. My husband's fluent. He was born in Rome. Um, oh. So, Italy is always kind of like a second home for us. Um, but I love to travel to new places. I really want to do Iceland, and I want to do the Northern Lights, and I want to get in one of those igloo. Ooh. Those hotels yes, that sit on the, the on the you just yes. the stars and the northern lights. I'm like, that is like so I'm in. Cool. Yeah, I'm totally in for that. That looks so cool. Um, love that. It's just really cold, but that's okay. Wine will warm you up. Wine, <laughs> I could say wine serves many purposes. Yes, it does. <laughs> I love that. And then of course, my last question is two or three things that you cannot stand, like absolutely despise, but people get insanely carried away about. I said in my email for me, it's Grey's Anatomy. Can't stand it. Never. I'm liked. with you there. I'm with you there. Yeah. And the other thing I cannot wrap my head around is why anyone would eat tomatoes. Ooh. Tomatoes. Oh my yeah. God. Well, don't tell my husband that. I, don't, I like tomato sauce. For some reason, tomato sauce doesn't bug me. But like a raw beef steak tomato that makes on a burger. Blech. Don't like it's it a texture at all. thing too. Maybe. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, well, for, for foods, I would say donuts. I absolutely cannot stand donuts. Nobody's um, ever said that before. That's a new one. <laughs> that just the thought of waking up and just shoving sugar down my throat, like pure sugar, I guess, cause I don't have a sweet tooth. I'm a savory girl. So, um, mm, same, <laughs> just not my jam. No, thank you. No donuts. Um, and then something that not food related, but this is before the pandemic. I feel like I was really ahead of my time is I can't stand cruises. <laughs> I like can't my, my free spirit is like, what? <laughs> You're going to tell me where to be at what exact time and who I'm sitting with. And I'm like, what's the point? Yeah. And I literally, I always say, I'll try anything once. And I was dating a guy, this is like years ago. And he invited me on this cruise. And I thought, okay, well, I, I need to stick by my thing. I'll try anything once. I have never been more miserable in my life. I Ugh. was seasick. I just, I, I hated every piece of it so donuts and cruises I'm 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 right there with you I see for me cruises I'm afraid an iceberg's gonna come and we're all gonna have to swim (laughs) (laughs) and then sharks are gonna eat me oh god (laughs) it's like jaws it's like yeah like our generation right jaws like jaws like (laughs) I'm terrified to be out in the middle of the ocean and like something bad happened and we'd be stuck (laughs) well and yeah yeah, unfortunately I think that did happen in the pandemic it did it did that's right and I think it was like in Europe, I, I want to say. Um, wow. Well, that you are definitely the first person I've ever had that said donuts and cruises. A lot of people say like Game of Thrones or social media, 
But that was a unique answer. I love that, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know two things we'll be doing together is drinking champagne, not with a side of donuts and not with a side of tomatoes or chocolate. No, no, yeah. not at all. You can have the tomatoes and chocolate, but I'll take tomato sauce on a little pizza. I'm in, I'm in I'll for Make it, it happen. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Heather. This has been so great. I'm so glad you got carried away with us. And remember to find all the places you can follow Heather in the show notes. Not right now. If you're driving in your car, park your car, then look at the show notes and click and follow her. Where can we find you on Instagram? Uh, Spirit Horse Vineyards, um, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. And all the we have lots of fun stuff we post on there, recipes and we have featured club members and it's, it's a true community. So yeah. Love that. And thank you so much for the promo code carried away yep. um, for you guys to get shipping free for an order of a hundred bucks. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Love it. Love. Like I said, I love this community. I love what you're all about. This all ships right together. And again, you really, you really want to talk. So oh, thanks Heather. Thank you so much. Cheers. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining me and getting carried away. I'm your host, Carrie Murray, founder of the Bra Network, Bra Business Relationship Alliance. We are a network of female entrepreneurs that lift and support each other. If you're a female entrepreneur looking for community, collaboration, and all kinds of fun, head over to bra-network.com and check out our membership. Hope to see you there.